Hello, I'm Scott Sostrick. I'm Evan Novi Williams. I'm Randall Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we... Yes. Nobody, nothing. No, 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 no. We do we're outnumbered, okay. by the way. We're two Williams now. That's what I'm saying. It's you know we got two surnames. <laughs> How do you, wait, Randall? I don't think you've ever been asked this. The uh, underscore in his Twitter handle. Hey. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Of all the options. It's not bad. What's wrong with it's it? It's not good. There's nothing wrong. <laughs> Nobody with wants to utilize an underscore it. if you don't have to, and he doesn't have to. I mean, if it's taken, then it's taken. It still has his e- name in it. It's e- not Nova, like- e- Novi Williams. There's, you know, there's a million things he could have done without. You don't have to go to the underscore. That's I like think you're that's, 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 that's last resort. <laughs> all, all press is good press. The more we talk about it, the more the name gets out there. Follow Edmund for no the culture. Oh, underscore. Yeah, culture. Uh, we're going to talk to. Uh, I'll just share some things about some of the big sports stories, and we're going to talk about uh, Dan Levitard with ESPN to start out. Uh, for people who don't know, now they're not using the word suspended, but he uh, was not on the air because. He mentioned something about. Uh, well, it's, he, he, he went a little beyond mention something. Yeah, he got a little political. Now, but the key to the whole thing is there is a company policy on ESPN. They do not want. Jimmy Pitaro, who took over not long ago, was quite clear. Yeah. We are not to be talking politics. They don't. People don't come to us, ESPN, for right. political talk. They come to us for sports. So, as they have. As many athletes have heard, he told everybody, stick to sports. See, it, it, now you can work it in if you're talking about Greg Popovich, uh, who, you know, he has his political views, and Steve Kerr has his political views. But when you go off on your own, ESPN does not like it. Yeah, I think that's an important distinction because Jimmy Pitaro, the president of ESPN, his policy is no pure politics, right? We can dive into it, as you said, Michael, when a coach or an athlete brings up a political issue, but we on our own are not going to go into it. And Dan Levitard stepped in big, right, after that rally in North Carolina well, he criticized on the policy also. He yeah, said, he we went, can't he be hiding both. behind that. Yeah, so he, he both called President Trump uh, un-American, cowardly, and you know deliberately trying to sow discontent between groups in America. But, as you said, Scott, he also criticized the way in which ESPN talks about politics. And he called the shield weak at one point, kind of the separation between not giving your opinions until you're talking about an athlete who might share your opinions um but yeah there's you know it's as of monday morning dan levitard is not going to be on the radio today he will be on tv from what people have reported this was a choice of dan's that he wasn't in the right frame of mind i believe is how it was phrased uh to, to be on the radio today do you think there's a suspension coming i mean what, what do we expect c- coming up here for us uh, i would expect that dan and jimmy had a nice discussion and yeah, they brought up Jamel Hill. And well, I was going to say that. It comes yeah. on the heels Just of Jamel Hill, who left yeah. the company because um, of things like this. Um, who was suspended? Who was suspended? Right. And she didn't even criticize the company policy. She just made comments about Donald the president. president. Yeah. Right. So, as I have often said about ESPN, I think the shoulder programming, everything that is not a live sporting event on ESPN, doesn't matter a whole bunch. Oh, well, uh, that the money is in the live events and the aggregating the eyeballs. I know Stephen A. Smith is everywhere every day, and they can monetize a pod and a show and the you know, NBA he does countdown. The spots on General Hospital. Yeah, him. yes, yes, yes. I, I do know, and, and and I like Stephen A. I think I think what he's done is brilliant. He was one of the first to really sort of grab the entertainment aspect of it all, and let me tell you, 
Yes, he does make a mistake every now and then, and we do too. I mean, your t- microphones do. in front of you, as much as he does, I can't believe it doesn't make more mistakes. That, that, that's the, about him. But it's still shoulder programming. At the end of the day, when ESPN will analyze what's so valuable that we can't do without, I do not believe there is a single person on that payroll that would fall into that category. And Stephen A would be number one on the valuable list. But it ain't live sports, which is what aggregates the eyeballs, which is what makes ESPN what it is. And Dan Lebitard would also be fairly high on fairly that list. Fairly high right? on I mean, that list would be Dan Lebitard. Stephen yes. A, but he's one of the more popular. Yes. You know, he does TV, he does radio as well. Um, the show will go on. <laughs> it would be hard to imagine anything without Stephen A. Smith. I'll keep it honest. Um, he's He's... To my generation, he's a meme. I mean, he just generates so much. Um, of course, but the quest, but this is the financial question right, that right, I would right. ask you and your friends. If Stephen A. was not on NBA Countdown, or whatever ever show, I, I really don't know which show he's on. I don't First take. Enough. First take, okay. Are you not watching because he's not there? And by the way, they don't monetize that like they do live sports. Right. Are you still watching ESPN when they have a big-time college basketball game? When they have an ESPN football game? Are you still watching? I'm still going to watch the yes, football games, that's obviously. the point. Yeah. That's where they make their money. You're not going to shut off ESPN because Stephen A. is not there. Or any, there isn't anybody. Give me somebody on that roster where if they weren't there, you are no longer an ESPN viewer. Or a listener. I don't or think, a I don't think there's anyone. I would just say that in the casual watching of ESPN when they don't play the games and you're tuning in for, for different people, Stephen A. Smith is number one. And without him... I'm not going to watch First Take. Um, I'm probably not going to watch NBA Countdown if he's not on there as there, well. There but aren't I that definitely many see who do. Saying. In the right. grand scheme of things, there aren't that many that do. Fox essentially tried this by paying Skip Bayless a yes. ton of money yes. to take right. him from ESPN. Yes. From what I understand, their ratings are not all that great. I, I don't think that the the, the the tremendous audience that, that, that Skip Bayless had when he was on ESPN has necessarily followed over to Fox just because he changed networks. ESPN makes the star, not the other way around, and some people have learned that the hard way. Let's talk about LSU. Oh, $25 million worth of... Uh, oh, have you seen this locker room? Yes. Looks this, like my apartment. Uh, like yeah, oh, yeah. You, you wish your apartment <laughs> looked like that. No, he means just one locker. <laughs> one locker looks like it's got a nice chair. Oh, man. That, that place, it's like a palace. Yeah, the LSU just unveiled its new football operations building, $28 million renovation. It looks, you're right, Randall, it looks like a spaceship. You know, it's yeah. there's leather-bound chairs. Every single locker has its own iPad kind of built into it. The chairs yeah. recline into sleeping pods. There's a new food set up, you know, cafeteria right next door. Uh, and, you know, this is all to say that LSU is not unique, right? We've seen so many other college football programs spend tens of millions of dollars updating these facilities. The edifice complex goes far beyond just the stadium these days. Their, their recruiting is going to be insane. I can't, I can't yeah. begin to imagine, you know, being on that campus and being like, hey, take a look at a, lo- a locker room, and you're in there for three hours and you're looking at something new, what, what would seem like every second. It's funny, Eric Reed, the, the safety for the Carolina Panthers, I don't know if you saw his tweet this morning, but he was saying that seven years ago when he was at LSU, the lockers that he had were better than the ones that the Panthers have in the NFL right now. Right. Right. So that's at least one wow. iteration before this new one that LSU laid out. But I'm still, if I'm a star recruit bar, you know, you were a star bowling recruit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this. He once, he once bowled a 299, missed the very last one, left one pin. 
That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I left so, the nine pin, but yeah. that's another story. That's another story. I'll cry <laughs> on the But if, I'm a, if I'm a top recruit, and I am going to look at, obviously, if I'm being recruited to play football at LSU, I probably have the option to go to USC, to Michigan, right. you know, the top Alabama, the Ohio top of the State. top Clemson, Ohio State. I'm going to throw in Syracuse in there just to <laughs> get my oh, just to get my alma mater a little bit of a <laughs> Rutgers, you know, all those top schools. Um, is this making like, if this is the difference maker? That's uh, a I'm selling point. No. This this I locker room is a selling, selling point. point. But what the coach? Am I going to no, play? I agree. All these things are far more important than do I get to recline with a DVD and a sleep well, pod you in can my. Buy an LSU, they all give you the, the food. Well, you, you get it all. I get it, but you you can buy an LSU and then you just have this just palace of a of a locker room and you put that those programs together. If Alabama. Had a locker room like this. Alabama's got a great locker to, room. To Scott's the, credit, yeah. I would agree. Just because, because when it comes, I would say when it comes with recruiting, it comes down to you know who's winning. And Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, and although LSU is going to have this twenty-five million dollar locker room, they haven't won an SEC title. I, that's in, true. I I don't disagree with you, but man, that ooh, that it's a nice place good. to go back to and huddle. Right for the for the speech <laughs> from your coach after you just got whooped by Alabama. <laughs> there's a there's everybody a, get in your pod. And, and you're right. I don't want <laughs> go to your happy place. Nap time. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to make it we're out. We're talking like, about Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball for eight hundred yards know, today. Like Alabama's locker room has a cactus man and turtles running across it man exactly. they got a decent locker room but man this 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 is out of sight there's there's research on this exact question the last year athletic director you put out a study um dating back to 2002 for college basketball and 2003 for college football analyzing recruiting classes before and after brand new facilities opened up and they found that outside of the one year after the facility opened which got like a half a percent or maybe something less than 1% jump. There was no statistical significance to opening these things up. Like when when Princeton wanted the top lightweight football <laughs> player from Hunterton <laughs> County or from Essex, Count, Essex, Essex County, County that one year – they did all they could to swing Mr. Novi underscore I was Williams. I was not swayed by not the, swayed uh, by by the, the fancy locker room. football uh, locker. Did they serve but, like everything light there? That would be funny. <laughs> just Diet Coke. <laughs> Diet Coke <laughs> um, the, the one other I mean thing I think worth talking about here, if it doesn't affect recruiting as much as these colleges pretend that it does, <clears> the truth is that schools like LSU, which makes over $150 million a year on athletics alone, because they don't pay their athletes, have they just they don't have things to spend it. They have on. to spend it on something. They have to spend, they have it, on to spend it on something. Ed Orgeron, former teacher of one Scott Soshnick. Uh, yes. Ed Orgeron, you know he makes three point five million dollars a year. You know they pay a lot Oof. of coaches a lot of money, um, and at the end there's still money left over. And one of the ways they can spend it, so that at the end of the year it looks like they've balanced their books and they don't have the money for athletes is they do things like this, a $28 million renovation to renovate a locker room that was already seven years ago nicer than NFL locker rooms. It's silly. doesn't make sense to me. There you go. Let's talk about uh, DISH, DISH TV. And there's going to be a lot, well, there already are a lot of problems. Well, and it's about to get real, you especially. Know, there's, a, there's a lot of, and it's called going dark in these pricing disputes. Yes. DISH, which is known in the industry as one of the tougher negotiators in these things, they're already in a fight with Meredith. So you got a bunch of stations, Meredith stations. Right. HBO is not on Dish right now, and now you've got sort of this triad of entities also negotiating with Dish. You've got Fox and FS1, Fox Sports; those channels are coming up. You've got Nat Geo and some of those channels coming up, and you've also got some RSNs. 
And the hard part here is these are being negotiated by different entities. Fox is handling FS1 Fox Sports. Disney is handling sort of the Nat Geo FX discussions. Those RSNs are being talked, they're being led by an entity, because remember, they were Fox RSNs sold to Disney, which are now on the way to Sinclair, but that deal hasn't been closed yet. So you have this thir third party entity that was chosen by Fox to independently negotiate new carriage deals. Meanwhile, Sinclair's in the background. So, whoa, 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 nothing long term here because, you know, we'd like to sort of have control over what will soon, they hope, be our asset. And keep in mind, too, that Dish, they're all kind of hard negotiators over there. So you throw that in the mix and you have all this happen. <laughs> Yeah, and and dish also means sling TV for for the folks right. out there that don't you know don't understand. So the, yeah, if you watch one of the by big the way, more popular if you catch OTTs. the Yes Network on Sling, I don't know how many people in the New York area would catch Yes on Sling, but or outside the New York area, but that's one of those things that could be going well, dark. Sling is about to be slung if they don't get oh, correct. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I like, ladies and gentlemen, right, right. big bar sports. <laughs> I have a potentially stupid question here. A as you said, Michael, Dish is in a number one, a number of these disputes. It certainly seems as though they negotiate harder than maybe some other, you know, in these carriage agreements. If I'm a Dish subscriber, am I thankful that Dish is at least it's fighting for my line? costs, or am I livid that because they're not willing to make reach a deal here, I'm potentially losing out on? Yes Network or FX or Nat Geo or Fox Sports. I think one. you need to answer the question this way, Evan. What do you care about seeing? I mean, sometimes yeah. you pick providers based on exclusivity. Uh, that that was the big hit for DirecTV was Sunday Ticket. So, uh, I mean, if they have something you want to see, like if I love Game of Thrones and all of a sudden HBO's not on Dish, you're upset. I think yeah. you're willing right. to pay the whatever dollar to whatever it may be. Uh, I understand what you're talking about, just simply acquiescing and just here's, my, you know, we're just going to pass this cost onto the customer which is oftentimes what happens yeah i think if i was dish i would be putting together like an ad campaign well they do i mean <laughs> that, that's that's all it is I mean, the, the, the the carrier that fights for these, you know fights for your bill not to go up these right? statements man i mean they can just dust them off put in the channel change it <laughs> up I mean, this has been going on for so how many times and and my favorite one i know i didn't finish that sentence here but the my favorite one of all time was sort of the time warner msg dispute when time warner which is big in the new york area had a pricing dispute with MSG, and it came due in the middle of the season. Mm. And just at that time, there was this point guard in New York <laughs> named Jeremy Lin, mm -hmm. who nobody had heard of, hmm. began hitting winning Falling. shots, and the Knicks were... I mean, it was at the point where you'd walk down the streets of New York and all the windows of the bars and the restaurants were open and people were watching the Knicks. That's, that guy single-handedly forced that agreement. Lin Sanity, man. Lin Sanity took hold, and they he forced... Time Warner and MSG to get together and make a deal because the programming had just become so valuable to so many people. And just to describe exactly what's happening here, carriers like Dish and Sling have to negotiate agreements with networks like FX, like Fox Sports 1, etc. for the price that they pay to, to be able to offer that to, per to their consumers. Per subscriber per month. Exactly. Called, yeah, and, and those, sub -fees. those sub fees. And those prices carry over typically to the consumer, right? So Dish is essentially negotiating on behalf of its subscribers about how much it's willing to pay for Fox because how much it, its customers I'm are willing to pay I'm going to make up a number Fox. here, because I don't know yeah. what a Dish let's say the cheapest monthly subscription number is for I don't know this is a made up number. Yeah. 99.99. Yeah. for Dish. When this is over, it'll probably be 101.62. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I mean so whatever <laughs> whatever cost they have to pay in the increase, it's not like they say, "Hmm, maybe we'll just, you know, suck it up." Mm -hmm. This I gets passed exactly. right along. And, I think and 
real quick, the you said, Scott, you know, this is not these carriage agreements have happened for a long time. Yeah. There's a big one right now between AT and T and CBS. Yes. Do we think that in no in this world where you know more people are forgetting cable altogether for for some of these OTT packages, is it becoming more common to have these disputes now, or does it just seem that way? Uh, I don't think it's more common. You're probably hearing about them a, a, yeah. a lot more, and you're also seeing a lot of these networks sort of pull back. Like Netflix is losing friends. Sure. Yeah. You know, you got these skinny bundles, and you've got everybody with their own OTT. It, again, it's going to come down to the content. What do you want to see? How can you best piecemeal these offerings where you're paying less than what I think people, the, the widespread notions that the cable bundle isn't a good value? Mm-hmm. And I sort of argue the other side. I I think the, the industry does a terrible job at the messaging of look at all you get. And the example I would always give is if I, all right, Randall, you go to a movie. You and two buddies go to a movie. You get a soda and a popcorn. What are you paying? All. Where? Where am I here? And you're in Manhattan. Woo! <laughs> Two hours. I'm saying if you go with three people. If, like if it's if 50, me individually, bucks, like all. probably around $35. $35. So it's $35 for two hours. Right. And your cable company can say for $115, $120, you get $24.7 for 30 days. Do the math. Like where does it come off that this is a bad entertainment? You right. could stay at home and watch the movies. Where does this come off as a bad deal for you in a world where that option costs you immensely more for a two-hour window. Randall, do you pay for cable? Uh, I don't. Yeah, my my, not, da- not my dad does. Yeah, um, my parents do as well. But I think ultimately for a customer, it just comes down to, you know, it's like you said, you know, what are you losing? If, if some of my favorite shows were off of cable, then I would be upset and be like, I'll take the $10 raise, just get me my show back. You want what um, you want. Just because, you know, it's all about now. And if you miss that episode, and then the way social media works, you're gonna you're bound to spoilers. And if it's a if it's sports, then you have to stream it some way. You got to figure out a way to watch it. Um, so I think well, as a, I'm glad you said the sports aspect of it because, like we said, embroiled in this could be Fox Sports, FS1. Dish has to know looking forward as we get toward late August and early September, there's a little thing called football season. Right. Leverage swings the other way because people do want their football. That's one right. of those things that if you don't provide that, people In might trouble. find an alternative. One other thing on those RSNs, the bulk of them are going to be, if this deal closes, are going to be controlled by Sinclair soon, right? It could even yeah. be this month or next month. How does that if I'm Sinclair, I, I don't want anybody else negotiating these agreements for me. I, I don't want. Well, that well, uh, you, you can be sure Disney isn't going to own these in three weeks. Why don't sure. they cut a bad deal and hand it over to Sinclair when the deal closes? You, you can be sure that the uh, you know Mr. Ripley over at Sinclair, guest on this show previously, yeah, is not saying, "Hey, go ahead, go negotiate a 25 year deal. We're good." You you know they're saying whatever deal is being discussed. You know for that for those entities, short term. Because there's going to be a new owner in town. But oh. d- does Disney has have any incentive to do that? I mean, what this is an asset that Disney isn't going to own in potentially in two weeks. Why, why do they have any incentive to cut a deal that's anything that Sinclair wants or or is even network friendly? Because this is a, I mean, these guys do business quite often with yeah. each other. It's not it's not a one off, you sure. know. You know, and Sinclair's a pretty powerful distributor. So, you know, the, the, their stations will be carrying ESPN, too. Sure. Uh, and I mean, uh, too, I mean also. So, 
you know, you're not going to go off and, and negotiate. It doesn't make sense for anybody. Yeah, Why would they waste the time and power? Of a, of a yeah, it doesn't but it does seem weird sense. that the people who are negotiating this deal oh. are not the people that are going to have to deal with the business <laughs> ramifications <laughs> of the deal happening. Absolutely, yeah. which is what makes this scenario, where you talk about the normal ones like AT&T and CBS, that's what makes this scenario so interesting mm-hmm. in that you've got three different entities negotiating these contracts and you just, just must be like, all right, wait, who am I talking to today? What are we talking about? Okay, got it. You know, and uh, yes, you're right. All I know is, don't touch my Perry Mason. Now, if someone takes my Perry Mason off, I'm mad. And now, now we got some fighting words. I, you Perry, Perry Mason. Mason is a. Remember the one he almost lost? He lost yeah, that one. Yeah. You know, it was great. That's Even great Matt TV. Even Matlock goes down. <laughs> You've been listening to the Bloomberg Business of Sports <laughs> podcast. We are here every Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for you talking about some of the biggest news in sports. I'm Michael Barr, and you can follow me at Big Bar Sports. I'm Evan Novi Williams at Novi underscore Williams. I'm Randall Williams, and you can follow me at, at Randall Williams. All of the L's are I's in my <laughs> at name. Yeah, nobody has any idea how to, how to find you. Yeah, why don't you put yourself an underscore in there since you're so big on it? Just for the heck of it, underscore Williams, whatever. And I'm Scott Soshnick. You can find me at Soshnick and join us again later in the week when we talk with Peter Moore, chairman of Liverpool Football Club. Right, Evan? CEO. CEO? All right. Yeah. Also, EA Sports, former CEO, is going to be in studio. We're going to have some fun with Peter Moore. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online wherever you get your podcasts.